0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Gary V. Audio Experience. Today's episode is an interview Gary did with Channing Fry, retired NBA champion, talking everything from Channing's new wine company, basketball, and much, much more. We hope you enjoy. This is the Gary V. Audio Experience. Podcast Nation, what is good? Uh, it is me, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, really excited because we just don't really do interviews these days. And, uh, I was doing something with uh, the my, my 137 platform, and we were doing a a card talk event with eBay, and Channing was on the show, and I was like, you know what, you got to get on my podcast. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I really like this dude. I think you know, a I'm a Knicks fan, so I got to really Ooh. enjoy the early part of his career, um, and then more importantly, it's been an incredible. World I live in now, where you know the entrepreneur and entrepreneurship has become something that is like a thing, similar to an athlete or a rapper, and and that's amazing because I'm watching. I mean, Channing, how old are you?
1: Thirty-eight. Just turned thirty-eight on Monday.
0: Happy birthday! So Channing's you, thirty-eight years old. He's a ridiculously young dude. That's how I see it. That's how I live it, and. What I know is that 30 years ago, the 38 year old former basketball player is, is searching, right? Is searching. You know, if, if he doesn't go into coaching or front office, a lot of those men, cause I've talked to a lot of 60, 70, 80 year old athletes really struggled with the post kind of like emotional like transition of like, you are focused on one thing your whole life and then the world and your body tells you it's a wrap yet You're young. And watching business become a new place for these alpha, competitive, curious, innovative, creative dudes and ladies um, has been amazing for me to watch because I'm such a sports fan. And so I not only like Channing because he's got Nick blood, but I like him because I've been watching him from afar from the beginning of him being thoughtful, in my opinion, on social. And so it's been fun to watch him evolve, get himself into things. And I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation, talk a little basketball, talk a little business, talk a little bit about whatever he wants. So Channing, why don't you take the floor and do a little three to four minute manifesto of who you are, what you're about, what you're into, and then we'll go into it.
1: Man, well first let me shut this window. I mean, uh, Channing Fry, 14 year retired vet, uh, one time champion, right? In 16, I think for me, um, I learned early on, I wasn't gonna have success being anybody else parents always taught me to appreciate things for what they are uh I think the best thing that now you talk about NBA players or pro athletes why they struggle is because they weren't um exposed to as many things as what we are when I was growing up my parents didn't force me to just play basketball they I was in art camp I was in band camp I played in the band till freshman year high school Mm. um you know I my mother was like listen if you bust your knee you got to know what else you love doing Um, So I was interning at a national science museum. Like I wanted to be a a marine biologist. So I think these players now are exploring more things where they go, yes, I love basketball and this is my job, but as like, there are pods to who I am. And so for me now after basketball, as a player, um, I love showing the game on a lighter side. Uh, So usually during a regular non-COVID year, I have is on Wednesday on NBA TV, um, and then Thursday I do game time before the, the big show on TNT, mm-hmm. and then on Fridays I do road trip and podcast, or I do my NBC Northwest podcast, and then this year, and almost like ever since I've been in the league almost, uh, I've really been mm-hmm. and, um, I've seen a lot of journeys here, but I live in Oregon, and so I've been exposed mm-hmm. to the valley here and seeing it grow, um, seeing the evolution and seeing the new kind of wave of people and uh, my friends, two friends of mine actually got together, now it's three, and you know the third one. Uh, we got together and I said, how can we do this different? And for us, it's not about competition because nobody drinks the same bottle of wine every night, right? So I chose family. The name of our thing is we're trying to expose people to not only new wines, but amazing winemakers. Oh because goodness. you could have the, the best grapes in the world, but if the winemaker isn't cool, you don't want to, you're not going to spend like it just exactly is right. A,
0: I always oh. t- I always told people about winemakers. I'm like, look, you could give me the best ingredients in the world, yeah, the best foie gras, caviar, wagyu beef, like all the decadent stuff, or clean ingredient, whatever, the best. You could then give the best chef in the world C and D level versions of all I mean, that, and it's not even going to be close to what's more <laughs>
1: delicious. So true. Right. So true. I feel, so, you know what's
0: funny? I used to think about winemaking like coaching, and maybe yeah. you can make this parallel. I I believe that it is fascinating. I mean, tips is doing it with the Knicks at some level.
1: For sure. For sure. You know,
0: like, like, you know, it's amazing how much a winemaker matters and how much people don't pay attention to that. And it's I'm I'm glad to hear you say that.
1: No, no, it's all about the winemaker. So it chose a family we have right now. Uh, we have one out. We sold out of our first three. We're starting to come back with more. We always put the label of where our wine is from or who makes it, their label on our bottle to yes. say thank you for them. And it's always a relationship. And it's not me saying I'm a winemaker. I'm not. So, You're like, the I'm always pushing. Yeah, You're I'm the like, curator. Yeah, I'm like, thank you for being you. Like, I appreciate you. I'm a fan. And I think it's helped us so far. We're almost a year in. We're doing pretty well. Uh, just going down to wine game with basketball has been pretty interesting. And then um, – Dude, just like you said, just investing in things that I'm excited to learn more about that I've dabbled in, uh, like partial ownership and cards. We talked about that. I'm a yep. partial owner in dibs. Yep. Uh one of my best friends, uh Jesse Craig, works at uh right. We've had many of uh, open What he's the man. Um, and then getting into a little bit of Bitcoin and a little bit of uh DAG and constellation and those kind of things. And so, you know, there's a lot on my plate, but I'm excited to be the rookie at a lot of it and excited mm. to come in with a good attitude. And that whether it's wine, basketball, you know, cryptocurrencies, I think people need to come in being humble and just listen and find what vibes with you and then go, you know, go and attack it. So um, I just been trying to attack life. I have all the options to do what I want now outside of basketball. And, um, and this year has been stories. And you were talking about Tibbs. It's Tibbs and it's a specific coach for a specific type of player. I think that's right. And a coach, whether that's Monty Williams and Phoenix, whether that's, you know, Phil Jackson with Jordan, whether that's whoever, Terry Stops with Damon Stoudemire, when the communication is there and when the understanding um, of backgrounds and respect is there, you're going to get great culture.
0: 100%. right? And that
1: goes from wine to business to everything else. When the people who are – telling the person what to do. If there's no communication back and forth, then the story gets lost. And then people are just. And so I love seeing these teams like the Hawks. The Hawks, I was talking about how boo-boo they are for how talented they are. Right? If they weren't talented, I would never talk about them. But Trey Young is amazing. John Collins is amazing. Uh, Boggy Bogey is amazing. You know, Gallinari is good. But it took one coach to. In a different way, but them to be fifth in the East, they were like second to last last year. And look at the Knicks. It took one coach and a change of culture for that team, who averages the second lowest in the NBA, to be fourth. And I think has a great chance to go to the second round of playoffs is wild. And I think more people have to see those stories instead of kind of the stories you see a lot of times on like the highlight films. You need to see these these stories of real teams uh playing yeah,
0: and doing right. the thing. who which veteran brought you the most value in year 1? And in an, and I'm asking you this so you don't have to be humble. And which rookie do you think you brought the most value? Maybe they don't even think that, so don't feel scared, but like your own self-assessment that you gave in year 14 or 13 or 12 other than that I'm not going to let you go down the path. Which <laughs> which which vet gave you the most? And by the way, giving comes in all sorts of amazing okay, different yeah, yeah. ways. Uh, and which and which rookie did you feel that you were able to give the most to?
1: So I'll start with some guys that are pretty influential. In, in New York, it was Quentin Richardson and Malik Rose were my two guys. And Malik Rose had just come from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik was the man and constantly was like, Channing, be a pro. Channing, be a pro. Channing, don't fall into what's going on here. And there was a lot of turmoil in the Knicks when I was there. So Mm -hmm. to go from college four years with Coach Olsen, like the name on your jersey doesn't matter. To go to New York where you're a lottery pick, but then you have the highest paid salaries in the NBA. That doesn't like rookies, but then doesn't like the guys we have. We have the most starting lineups. Just jack me up. But those two (laughs) guys, Quentin Richardson made me appreciate the game. He had one of the hardest years of my rookie year. I think his cousin died. His brother died. We are flying to all these funerals for him. And yet he would come to practice whenever it was people's ass and be focused on the game. And I was like, damn, man, like mentally tough. Like people don't understand. Like people understand grief. But when you play an emotional game like basketball or football, you're a pro athlete. You have to be so emotionally invested in those 48 minutes it's wild to understand what he did and, and the consistency that he did when he did it. And so to this day, that's my guy. Wow. And then when I went to the Suns, it was Grant Hill and Steve Nash, not even close. Those okay. two guys, like G Hill was the consummate pro about how basketball should be um, not only fearless, but with fun as a professional. Um, your, and- your,
0: your your subjective opinion on how much better Grant would have been had he not had all those injuries early on.
1: This, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think he would have been the greatest player of all time. Really? Swear on, on everything.
0: Grant you're, you're, Hill. You're, you're willing to go that crazy off Grant the Hill,
1: next to oh, Grant Hill, after all those surgeries, I saw him at his old age, was one of the fastest guys on our team, one of the smartest guys on our team, was locking down defenders – in the game, in game six in the Western Conference Finals I remember. that's because he got in foul trouble and Kobe just went Kobe but you would, if if Grant had the opportunity, because he's a great teammate he was positionless he was explosive you can put him, you can build a team around him where you want to be a scoring team I want to be a defensive team I think he could have done all that now that opportunity is a big what if because he had all those surgeries. But I'm saying talent wise, he's up there with LeBron and Jordan and wow. Kobe up there with me. As that's how, if you watch him when he was healthy, like oh I know, guys, I know. not enough he, people do him. He, he
0: Penny and Tracy oh. McGrady, I think about a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot. You think about Grant had Grant had more personality though right was on tv TV. shows grant was taking flights to go do a tv show grant 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 yeah i'm
0: i'm old enough to remember like from day one grant was the heir apparent to be the face of the league
1: (laughs) and that's where it was wild to that that step those steps he was built for those steps his pedigrees intelligence um, his wherewithal, of where he was in history, yeah. Yeah. and his aggression on the court—it wasn't like he was. It wasn't like he was doing all this stuff and not, not barbecuing guys every single night. That's what was crazy—is that he was able to balance, and that's what's wild about when you say who's the greatest of all time. There's only been three or four guys to balance both, right? Balance who people think you are, and then what you are on the court, and mush that together, and be the. Yeah. Face of a multi-billion-dollar business, night in and night out. I mean, for example, whether you like him or hate him, he had a crappy first half last night, and then all of a yep. sudden, he ends up with a triple double and a shot at the end of the game. It's just like, what? What? Who does that? Steph's,
0: Steph's face. He knew it. He Steph's knew it. face. Channing, uh, <laughs> what about what about who you are? Who you say, man? I did a really good job for that kid. I really am happy, or I really love that kid. I'm glad I got those words of wisdoms into his It head. was
1: later on in my career, but I felt like I was pretty honest with everybody. But I would say my two my two young fellas that I think helped, and they still talk to them to this day, are Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. Guys I actually got <laughs> traded for and came back. Mm-hmm. But they were so stressed about every game. And I'm like, it's not stress. You're putting in the work. You're here early, early. You love the game. You're trying to do right by it, Right you can't stress, like you're not, you're not getting 25 points every single night. You gotta have to get away with that attitude, doesn't it? If you get, if we have four games and you're getting paid nine to $10 million a, a night, if you have two games, 20 or above, you're doing your job. That's I see. Crazy.
0: That was a very interesting insight. You're, makes sense. Young mm-hmm. players, you know, when you were a National Basketball Association player, you have had success at every level. And you're of the mindset, I, right, that must be, <laughs> no, no, it's a tremendous, tremendous call out. Yeah. And I've thought about it in different ways, but i have now looking at it, it just, that one struck me and, I, and it makes so much sense. What is that moment? And I actually believe this is the reason so many players fail yeah. and get out of the league quickly. There is a moment, probably within your first three seasons, you're gonna... I'd love to get your perspective, where you as a man have to make a decision and say, okay, because I don't think it should be your rookie year, but maybe it is, and you're gonna tell me, this is why I'm asking, I'm making a statement in question form. There is some sort of moment in those first 36 months of your NBA career, if you're lucky enough to have it, where you have to realize, oh wait, I'm not going to be one of the best 15 players in this league. (laughs) The the train stops here, and I need to be mature enough and strategic enough to figure out what I'm gonna do with this feeling because at every other level, I was good enough to be one of the 15, 20. You know, there's only two rounds in the NBA draft. Yeah. You are one of the 50, 60, 70 best players at yeah. that moment. Do you think that happens? Let's say you're healthy, no injuries. Yeah, yeah, is that a conversation most guys have with themselves in year two, in year three, in year one? Like, is it like, can it be as early as like within the first? I feel like you have to give people a little rope because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But what's your thoughts
1: on that? Well, it has to be everyone else's fault before it's yours, and that's just honest <laughs> too. Right? Because nobody, you don't, you, nobody looks at themselves like that. If you were for me. It was in my third year. I got traded from New York. I was like, hey. I remember. Coaches. We had the most starting lineups in the NBA. It was a lot of dysfunction. But I loved Isaiah Thomas. I still talk to Zeke to his day. I love Jamal Crawford. Those are my guys. Okay. So when I went to Portland, I'm like, okay, new chance. This kid, LaMarcus Aldridge, comes up. Mm. So, I mean, and I so Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge were the two stars. So I said, Okay. Nate McMillan was good at redoing culture like he's doing in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So LaMarcus gets hurt. And Nate McMillan, LaMarcus was obviously better than me, but I was, you know, kind of ego, like I could do what he's doing in my own way. Got hurt and we had rattled off like six of eight or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I got this starting job right now. It's in my mind. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm winning. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. What? LaMarcus Aldridge came back? They, Channick, flipped that jersey over. And I looked at him crazy. He goes, what? You're not starting? I realized, like, okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not that dude. And that humility empowered me because then I came to the game like, I'm going to make this dude regret putting me in the game. Mm. I was like, if you put me in the game, you're going to have to keep me in the game. And at the end of the day, I learned from some really types of players in the NBA. There's a star. There's a talent, there's a skilled guys, and there's culture guys, right? Mm. That's it, right? It's mm. hard to be a star, right? If you're a skilled guy or a specialist like I was, you'll always have a place until the game evolves, where the game is, mm. like last night Drummond camp, mm. right? Because of how you know, yeah. the Warriors basically killed the big men until you have MVP level big men, <laughs> right? They. Uh, they were basically a dinosaur, and then they evolved into Jokic and Embiid, which is mm-hmm. nasty for the rest of the league. Jokic, mm-hmm. Embiid, Booch, and Sabonis are the are the end all right. be alls of bigs. Right,
0: because because it's evolution, right?
1: Yeah,
0: Because the thirteen year old right now who's a big is watching, and he's like, "Oh, I've got to do that." It's just it's yeah. the best. It's the, it's the I, best. I love watching sports evolve.
1: Yeah, and and the Warriors did it because they were like. Okay, so LeBron was the beginning of one evolution or the end of an evolution. So it's like Paul Pierce, Tracy McGrady, Kobe. You're like, how do I get a hybrid Magic Johnson, Jordan, Tracy McGrady baby? And there's LeBron, right? And then it was like, well, I can't be LeBron. In the Warriors, anybody, quote unquote, can look at Steph. Steph is an elite skilled player. Right. Think about what Steph does. He runs around. You can practice running. And he shoots. You can practice shooting. You cannot practice being LeBron. You can't practice. That's that's
0: that's why Steph is so popular.
1: So popular. My amazing
0: my little guy thinks he's gonna be Steph.
1: Yeah, of course he does. He's relatable.
0: He's just so relatable. Even I'm I'm 45 and I'm like, maybe I should be Steph. Like, I'm gonna go shoot half court for a year and can't. see if I can get a 10-day contract, you, you know? know. But you but, can't. But yeah, but, but, it's but it hope. feels so much more achievable yeah. than being a six. I mean, LeBron is an <laughs> unprecedented
1: athlete. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Or like you're not, you don't need to be seven foot to be dominant in the that's really it. But then you have these European big men right now, and name the five best bigs in the, in the NBA, and all five of them are not from America. Yeah, that's right. Jokic, right? Jokic, yep. Embiid, yep. Sabonis, Vooch, yep. uh, and you can... From, from Portland, right? And, and they've evolved the game. And think about Mark Gasol. think about Dirk. So it's a positionless game, that it had to be positionless because the Warriors had taken away the big men. Oh, you want to play a traditional big man? Well, guess what? I have a defensive player of the year that knows that. And even if you want to force feed the big men, my threes with the two best shooters in the history of the NBA are going to outdo your twos.
0: A 100,000%.
1: It's numbers game, and it's wild. But all of a sudden, you go, guess what? Now i got a big man that runs my offense, and now I have four guys who are – Wired to score forty a night like Denver is with Jamal Murray.
0: Channing, what's interesting about this conversation to bring it, you know, for the people that are listening, not as mm. are not as nerdy about basketball as I am, and <laughs> enjoying the living shit out of this, it's actually how I navigate as a businessman. Right. Right. So much of my success is, oh, this is what it is. Oh, look what's look what the opportunity of the world presents. Right. I'm gonna go do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Like I. Oh, this NFT infrastructure is now mature. I'm going to take this intellectual property idea I've had for a long time, this super business conference idea I've had for, I'm going to package it in this. I'm going to outflank. I'm going to, like, I literally, I literally businessman like an athlete. As a matter of fact, actually, you know where I, here's one for you. You know what I think nobody talks about? I genuinely like most of my competitors. Meanwhile, I want to put them all out of business. Why? Because I think of business like sport. Yeah. I will go ham as much as I can day to day. But unlike sports, when the buzzer hits triple zero and you can go over and be like, hey, how's Sarah, how are the kids? Hey, I saw you posted a, a thing about your charity, I wanna write a check. Yeah. That's acceptable, that's culture. In business, it, it, it's not like sport, you can't separate it. So I see some of my competitors at conferences and they wanna fight. And I'm like, no, 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 that's just business. Let's be friends. We like, the world's abundant. I've always admired, now as a fan, I hate it. Yeah. As a fan, when yeah, the yeah, Jets yeah. or the Knicks lose, and then I watch <laughs> my guys go give daps the other team, like fuck that, fuck that guy, I'm gonna They're kill trying to get Yeah, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I get mad, yeah, hurts, but I understand hurts. it because in real life, in real life, in business, I can compete with somebody. And if they are better and are more successful, I give them daps and I don't think it's personal thoughts on transitioning to the business world and the parallel.
1: I am learning very much. I can separate business and friendships and business. So when I talk to people about business, especially if I'm getting ready to go into some business with them, it's easy for me. I could be your friend and not want to be your teammate or work with you. And then I could be your business partner, but not be your friend. Yeah. Right. Because of what I need to succeed at each thing. I know how to separate that. I've had guys who are some of my good friends who I absolutely fucking hated as teammates because I just I just don't like how you approach the game. But I like you as a person. So for me as business, especially in a wine industry. When you come out with a delicious wine, I'm going to go support that. And I'm going to say I'm going to challenge us as a business. How do we do us better than they're doing them? Because that's at the end of the day, how do you do you better, right? Because then it's going to translate, it's going to vibrate more with who you're dealing with. And then for me, I'm not afraid of ruffling some feathers as long as it's within you know Thieves' rules, right? You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be dirty or do anything, but I am trying to win. Correct. I am trying to be successful. So like I work a lot, right? I. You're retired. I go, I'm very much retired, and this is awesome, but this gets me going. Like, when I'm on a treadmill working out, I'm thinking about what do we need to do? Do we need more content? How do we tell our story? Like, what do I need to do? Like, how can I be better at telling basketball? Do I need to explain it more? Do I need to explain what I think about all the time, right? I
0: I, I believe it. I also think you're tenacious. You know, I'm going to give you a huge shout-out. I have incredible intent, but I'm also drowning yeah. I have so much going on. <laughs> yeah. There is absolutely sure there know. is absolutely a chance that this podcast would have not happened. Yeah. I'm I'm always trying. My admins, big shout out to Alexandria and Lou. They're they're drinking out of a fire hose. There is absolute times where very casually on another podcast, I'm like, hey, you should be on the show. And then that person tries. Yeah. We schedule it, but then I have an emergency, it gets rescheduled. I literally, as you were just talking, what went through my head was this man made sure this podcast happened because he wants the exposure for his brand, for himself. I was pumped because I'm thrilled I'm here right yeah, now. Yeah. But I also know yeah. it made me think of all the people that tried once, it got rescheduled, it didn't get booked and they just let it go. Yeah. And it wasn't because I didn't want to, it's because it in life it's just the way it is. it is. It's, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like, Back to basketball. Like, like I was always I love playing pickup basketball, and I'm not good. <laughs> but I'm not atrocious. And the reason I'm not You're atrocious right. is there's a couple things that are real, which is like number one, effort on defense is fascinating. And as I got older, yeah, it was also a good way for me to build up cardio. Yeah, yeah. You know, my big thing is like, I've got two torn meniscuses. I always say, Ooh. what's the ROI of a basketball? People are always like, what's the ROI of social media, Gary? I'm like, before I answer that, what's the ROI of a basketball? For LeBron, it's gonna be billions. For me, about negative 4,000, because I have two torn meniscuses. <laughs> you know, like, what I loved about basketball was mm-hmm. in grub pickup life, yeah, which yeah. is what I live in, if you just gave a fuck yeah. oh, and, you played, and you played D, for real, a lot of good shit can happen when you're playing grub ball down there in the D, 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 D leagues, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I, but it played in the pros too. Yeah, I am fascinated watching guys in the league rack up a seven, eight year career on tenacity and defense.
1: Basketball is the most subconscious game anybody can play. You have a split second decision Are you going to step in front of this guy and sacrifice yourself or not? Are you thinking about what happened to play before because you want to score 24? Are you doing what's best for your team? Are you setting yourself up to be successful? Like for me, I wasn't the greatest defender in the world. But if I needed to be at the middle of the paint for a second, I was going to be there so that my teammates could trust me. Right. And Coach O before he passed away. His only thing was do your job. When I was a freshman, uh, we were playing with other freshmen. It was five of us. And I was like, coach, would you take me out? Channing, you weren't there. Well, coach, he did this. And he literally grabbed my jersey. And I said, and he was like, dude, what did I tell you? He didn't say do, but he was like, Channing, what did I tell you? Do your job. I don't care if he didn't do it, he didn't do it, he didn't do it. And And everyone will trust you behind that. And so my attitude going to the league was, what is my job? What is my assignment? How do I prepare to be successful? And then at the end of the day, the game is 10% of actually the work that I'm doing. Like the game is 48 minutes. Nobody averages 48 minutes a night. The most guys play. So really I'm working six to 12 hours for 15 to 20 minutes that you see, and I got to build on that. And so that's the kind of attitude that like I take about any entrepreneurship that I want to get into, anything I invest in is what is my job here? How can I do my job where you can trust me with more Perfect. that way? I don't need to do your job, and you don't need to do mine, but especially on defense, if I can trust you that if I'm where I'm supposed to be, you're where you're supposed to be, good things will happen, right? Think about, for instance, that last play, right, where they run this. It's called the Memphis play. It's a, everyone runs it. Steph was supposed to catch the ball at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Who was right there? Anthony Davis. Why? Because he was in the right spot. All he was was in the right spot. He knows the play, did his work, and he won the game by just being, he didn't not trust his teammates. He didn't just go, well, this guy got beat because actually somebody else was open. He goes, I'm supposed to be here. I'm going to be here and something good happened. You got to trust being in the right spot is going to pay off more times than not. And a lot of people have too much other stuff they're worried about instead of the game, and that's why I like playoffs. Because then people put the scope on, and there Mm -hmm. is nothing now in the playoffs, where during the regular season, people are trying to win personal awards, and that's why some guys don't get the credit that they should, because players can feel that. Players know when you're padding stats to get these individual awards to get bonuses and not to win games.
0: Channing, final thoughts. Has somebody... If somebody goes back and decides to re-listen to this very thoughtful podcast a second time, I want them to pop a nice bottle of your wine. Tell Ooh. everybody where tell everybody where they can get it.
1: Well, there's only one place you can get it. We are 100% DTC right now, so you can get it at chosenfamilywines.com. You can follow us at chosen or you can follow me, Channing Fry. Uh, there's only four of us, four partners. Um, we're gonna give a shout out. Them.
0: Give a shout out to them.
1: <laughs> well, Jake Gray is one of them. Chase Renton, who's the uh, a winemaker at Longalow Estate, which is delicious yeah, juice. And juice. Uh, the last one is The secret, which respect. It's one of uh, one of Gary's guys out there in NYC now. Um, so it'll be interesting. We're going to be out there pretty soon, and just try it out, man. Give us a try. You'll you'll be there at the beginning. How we go through this process, and um, listen, we have so many different wines coming out. It's not like it's just Pinot Noir. We have Chardonnay Rose, we have uh, Walla Walla, we have Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir, we have a different type of Rose, we have Bubbles in two years, we have Cab in two years. So come on this journey That's um, and just really be like, get excited with us, right? Because we're going to introduce you to everything.
0: Well, Janning, I think you've made a lot of fans. I know my community. Uh, I
1: appreciate that, man. You Thanks. Were fantastic. Thanks for being on, bro. Of course, of course.
0: As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny, people that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on apple spotify and all the other platforms just mean the world to me you've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast so i appreciate that so much and even more fun uh because i think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness uh i'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh daily on uh our favorite reviews so take it away which were our favorites this week Thanks, Gary. This amazing five-star review reads, I've read, listened, and watched a lot of Gary Vee material over the years. This podcast covers such a great spectrum of topics to get you ready for any day you're facing. Facts, crypto, nets, crypto wallet, vantage points, and bits of information you frankly need to know. This is for the work, guys. Please keep it up. You are appreciated. Thank you so much for that review. You're appreciated as well. And if any of you are listening out there, if you leave us a review, you might just get shouted out in the next episode.